1: Just this out and about? Thought I'd see if anybody wanted to play some round ball. You're listening to the Bet Slipping Podcast Daily NBA Show featuring Jeff Clark from USA Today Sportsbook Wire.
0: What's up, fools? Thanks for streaming today's Bet Slippin' Podcast. It's your host, Jeff Clark, sports betting analyst here at sportsbookwire.usatoday.com. I'm recording this week's podcast on Thursday, May 5th at Cinco de Mayo, and I got my handicapping homie, Back here in the Zoom with me, Nathan Beagle, a.k.a. Nate Dog. What's up, Nate?
1: A.k.a. Nate the Grady's back in action. I got my churro from lunch in my system, so I got the Mexican vibes alive. Um, <laughs> nice. Ready right to handicaps and basketball, my favorite sport. What, what, what's what's <laughs> the... A lot to, lot to unpack there. Uh, with, yeah,
0: I'm very curious on what the Mexican scene is like out there in Cincinnati.
1: Yeah, so Cincinnati has a raving Mexican culture, if you didn't know. I, I absolutely did not know. <laughs> I'm going to say it's not anything like L.A. because, you know, we're pretty far from Mexico. But I had a churro from Costco today, so... Oh, fair and enough. Been, hey, you never know. It like, was and it was like a foot long, so you got to get your value go to Costco. That's my shameless plug.
0: Yeah, this might be the abused Southern Californian talking, but Costco actually has some pretty good pizza. I'll say yeah, that. Oh,
1: I had... My lunch today was a piece of pizza, a smoothie, and a churro from Costco.
0: Wow. So you were talking about how you really need to get out there and run and exercise uh, before we started recording this podcast. And now that I, we're going through your lunch, I know you mean it. I mean, you got to yeah, work off yeah, some today, of these calories. Today, is not,
1: today was not good.
0: I mean, we're all kind of celebrating, right?
1: It's a holiday. Yeah. Yeah. I Every chance to celebrate, it's a holiday. Drink your Corona and kick it back. No basketball today, so...
0: I know, it's weird. Uh, There's just this weird off day here. Again, recording Thursday, May 5th. Um, We'll talk a little bit about the first round of the NBA playoffs, but uh, the bulk of this podcast, the meat of this podcast, will be us breaking down uh, all four Game 3s of the conference semifinals in the 2022 NBA playoffs. There's two Friday, May 6th. And then there's two more um, Saturday, May 7th. So we'll get into those here in a few seconds. But um, we haven't talked or or we haven't um, podcasted since we did our first round NBA playoff preview. Um, My first round was just an absolute nightmare. Um, I ended up somewhat recouping my losses at the end of the first round. I I hit big with the Mavericks, but definitely lost money in the first round. How was your first round, dude?
1: Uh, my first round was great, I believe. I know I, – I don't know if I played a few of the series. I don't think I played, like, the Raptors, Sixers 2-2 that I gave out, but I know I played the Warriors minus 1.5 pretty heavy. And I know I played – I put a decent future on the Warriors to win the West. Okay. So I was back in the Warriors because we were oppo on that. Glad I came out on top because you were big big into the nuggets the size difference um first round was pretty good for me i uh i know i had that I, I i called the pelicans in in their home game and then uh i forget too much of who else i won on i know i the hawks the under on the hawks or trey young's under hit almost every time so i think i won a couple there but uh i don't remember a ton of the first round i know this this most recent round has been awesome for me i i called uh one of the best handicaps I've ever read was yours when uh, when the Wolves played the Grizzlies first round. You're like, game one, I don't think the Wolves are going to win the series, but they're absolutely going to win game one. I use that same logic going into the Warriors one. I put a ton on the Warriors to win game one. They won it. put a, put another chunk on the Grizzlies to win game two. Now, my chunks aren't as uh, sizable as your chunks, Mr. Moneybags over there, but uh, uh, I, I a, love, the, unit's I love the Grizzlies-Warriors series. That's my favorite to handicap for sure.
0: The Grizzlies Warriors series, yeah. All right, I'm very interested in where you land on that one because again, you were we were Oppo in the first round. Um, obviously, you killed me in that one. I took the Nuggets over the Warriors. I took a uh, swing at that series price before it started, and then after the first game, I, I kind of knew. <laughs> I just I just chalked up my losses. Like, all right, like everything that the people who liked the Warriors said about the Warriors happened. <laughs> and it was like, all right, well, I, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm wrong about everything. So I ended up making a little money back because I bet the uh, Nuggets plus the points in their, in their elimination game, they ended up covering the spread. But, yeah, that was a loser for me. The Toronto Raptors was a loser for me. I actually learned something as, like, um, a handicapper from that series. I'm actually – Not as keen about playing NBA series prices anymore. I think I'm just gonna bet single games um, because I, I mean, I guess I don't really put too much of my bankroll up for stakes in a series price. So like, if I do change my mind mid-series, I'm not gonna end up losing a bunch off of the series bet itself. But I don't know. Like every uh, the 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 lesson I learned from the handicap of the Toronto Philly series is that. Everyone liked Toronto. Everyone liked Toronto, and I knew that that was a, a just. It turned out to be a sucker play before game one tipped off. I knew I was dead in the water because everyone with a podcast gave out the Toronto Raptors, and I thought it was so sharp in doing it. I mean, I was early on the Toronto Raptors in the regular season. I won some money off of them, but they were not a good matchup for the Philadelphia 76ers, So. Um, I took a, I took an L there, I took an L with the Nuggets, but I made a whole bunch of money on the Dallas Mavericks. They were going to win that series with or without Luka Doncic. Um, and I, I tweeted this out a bunch of times and talked to you about it mid-first uh, mid round, but I love the Pelicans. And I, I took them at plus 220 to win that series. I bet them uh, plus the points in a couple of spots, which, which I made money on. So I took some of those winnings and put them in the series price and um, they would have, I think, beaten Phoenix had not been just for incredible, incredible play by CP3. Um, and that appears to be one of the, like, Like I wasn't high on the Suns coming into the playoffs. And now I just don't see how they don't make it to the finals. I really like them against the Warriors or even the Grizzlies, if the Grizzlies somehow made it that far. Are you feeling differently about your Western Conference pick? or Eastern Conference pick, for that matter. I think they're both still alive, right?
1: Yeah, out of technicality, I don't – I mean, the the Warriors look good. I think on paper, I think they match up pretty well with the Suns. I mean, they're, they're going to be small, which is going to be a problem. It's going to be interesting. Aiden's had an insanely efficient uh, postseason, so it'll be interesting how Draymond matches up there. But Draymond's played pretty well against – uh like he played decently well against Jokic, but, I mean, to be fair, they ran the ball through Jokic 24-7. That's not the same with Aiton, and they can switch on everything. It, it'll be interesting also because the Warriors like that, they've been calling them the fast five or, you know, their PTSD lineup or whatever, and I just don't think that's going to fly against teams that are lengthier, and I think you saw that, like, it start to get exposed against the Grizzlies in game two, which is why I'm kind of hesitant for the Warriors even throughout this this series. But uh, I still like the Warriors. I like I got them at, like, a plus 800 to win the finals, and I, I still like that. I still think there's good value there. I mean, there's. let me just say this. I think their ceiling is the highest of any team in the NBA. I just don't know if they'll consistently get there. I mean, they shot, like, I would have to pull up the numbers, but they shot, like, six of 35 from deep um, yeah. in game two, and they just can't be doing that if they want to act- have an actual chance.
0: Yeah, because Draymond's an excellent defender, but their front court is a major issue. A major issue that they uh, can't overcome. Yeah, they don't start
1: someone over 6'10", and even then they praise Kevin Looney for all he does, Kevon Looney, but he's not physical. He, or he's not physical enough or talented, quick enough with his feet to keep up with a DeAndre Ayton-type player.
0: Yeah, Kevin Looney is a top-10 backup big. He's a bottom-five starting big, if that. Yeah. Right, you know what I mean? So, like, having him in your rotation is awesome. Having him as your starter, yeah, I'm not crazy about that. Um, but he's not even really starting in this in this uh, series, right? We'll we'll talk about that in a second. Actually, yeah, we'll get into it. Um, the 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 team that I've came around on, I'm not going to bet him in any futures. I'm pretty much done playing futures right now. But I'm I'm riding with the Heat. I am. The more I soak in the numbers, I, I or uh, soak up their numbers, even looking at their regular season stuff, because frankly i was low on atlanta the whole year and i guess i was somewhat vindicated in their first round uh, beat down that they took by the miami heat but i don't like i'm not patting myself on the back for calling that or anything i thought i think just atlanta was trash and obviously what they're doing to philly doesn't matter that much without joel embiid but during the regular season they were the th- best three-point team in the nba by three-point differential they were first in three-point percentage second in defensive three-point percentage and like how often can you just cut through the box score and go right to the three point shooting of of games and decide who wins those games right or that
1: decides who wins those games so yeah so do you want to give out my bad to cut you off do you want to give out the odds of that game or do you just want to straight go into these no i'm just talking about like the
0: team i'm 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 kind of doing like um I don't know. Just talking some, just bullshitting about the first round and like some of the things that I picked up since. No, I get you. I I didn't know he's
1: going into this game, and they wanted to give out odds. But yeah, I love Miami too. So so I'll I'll listen to it all.
0: Well, their their second defensive three point shooting percentage, and they allow the fewest paint points per game in the NBA. That sounds
1: that's like they're the know.
0: best offensive team in the league, right? That's yeah. kind of what that sounds like.
1: Well, that's the same reason you start falling in love with the Suns right about this time. They were, what, top 10 in offensive and defensive efficiency? The Warriors slipped in both categories towards the end of the season. Dallas had a great defense, but their offense is so one-dimensional now. If you can stop Luka and just protect the mm-hmm. three-point shooters on the sides, they're not going to be doing anything. I mean... The Sixers are nothing without Embiid, and honestly, we both agree that the Heat would be crushing them even with Embiid. I mean, Adebayo is way too versatile for him to do anything, even if Embiid were in the game.
0: Yeah, and the big reason, well, actually, we'll talk about that in a second. I just further, uh, some more stuff on on the, on the Heat. They're ninth in total rebounding rate, fourth of the remaining playoff teams. This is in the regular season, so big sample size, and I don't know how much we can take out of their sample size in the, in the uh, playoffs, even though they grade really well in everything because they're crushing these teams. They're twenty three and fifteen straight up in clutch time, and they've had mad injuries. They've went through different lineups. They've gotten production out of several different guys. There was that weird sideline bickering incident that they've overcome. I mean, they have playoff experience and great coaching, and and, and like kind of addressing your earlier point about the Phoenix Suns. Like, if it goes Phoenix Suns Miami Heat in the finals, which I kind of think it will. Suns will be a decent favorite and fairly. I, I think the Suns are a better team. I'm just saying, like, I think the market is still down on the Miami Heat, and I think there's value. Like, if they're, like, if they're getting plus points in any game moving forward, I'm almost gonna take them all, every time. Um, and I think we should talk about game threes um, on Friday and Saturday. You ready to move over to the, the handicapping portion of this? Yep, yes, sir. All right, cool. So keeping um, keeping the Heat in mind, they host the – or excuse me, they visit the Philadelphia 76ers for the first of the four game threes being played on Friday or Friday and Saturday. Tip-off is 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Obviously, the Heat are up 2-0 in that series. Right now the odds are Heat minus 120 on the road, 76ers plus 100. Total sitting at – two ten and a half um how are you playing this nate
1: so i think i don't even really need to go into this too far heat minus 1.5 is awesome and i know that's probably something you'll give out as well maybe it's not i don't have any player props on this one and honestly it's kind of all you said and i think your handicap handicapped for the first round series is right toronto if they didn't have that joel if they didn't give up that lead in game three and joel and beat hit that three they could have won that series if Maxi doesn't go off in Game One. Maybe they steal that one. The Sixers have kind of just had—I don't—I don't, I don't want to say luck because I'm not necessarily—I believe these teams are lucky, but I want to say they've had better fortune than most teams. And I think that fortune's run up. I don't think Harden too hard and typically isn't. And even that, he's going against a defense that switches literally everything and that plays very well defensively. They can play one through five. They switch. And then adebayo is quick enough to slide over every time so watching them is a it's beautiful for fans and then my one concern is when they get to teams that are better if they have the offensive firepower to keep up because I'm not sold that they're gonna have like Jimmy Butler's gonna be able to drop 40 on a Suns or something similar to that but for this game I'm not no one's sure if Embiid I'm, I think he's gonna test it out no one's sure if he's gonna play if he doesn't this line will quickly move to heat Three and a half. I think it's factoring in that he's going to give it a go, but you don't know necessarily how many minutes you don't know. And then on top of that, you just don't know his effectiveness. I know he was an MVP, but like in Miami, we're talking about a top five defense. So I'll take Heat minus 1.5. And honestly, I i think I would play anything under minus three and a half if MB gets rolled out and it spikes.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm probably just going to take the minus 120 money line. Um, Chris Haynes, the sideline reporter for TNT last night, I think it was last night, was talking about Joel Embiid, and um, he was texting Embiid, and I guess he said Embiid um, looked at his phone for the first time since breaking his face because he couldn't handle like the light from the phone. So maybe that's a little bit of Embiid posturing. He's going to give it a go anyways, but like your earlier point, like, I actually think if he plays and he's not effective, it's not going to actually. It's going to hurt the team more than it helps them, because he's going to he's going to possibly turn over the ball. He's going to eat up possessions, and he's not going to be as aggressive attacking the hoop with a with a broken face. Obviously, right? You know, so I don't think Harden or uh, Embiid's presence at this point, matters to my bet. Like, if he plays, I'll still take the Miami Heat straight up um, at this price point. And if he doesn't, like, I think I'll get a better line. Harden. And I kind of, part
1: of me also thinks this is Doc Rivers and the Sixers' fault. Like, Daryl Moore, how do you not have, I understand this is an orbital fracture. It's not a knee. It's not a, a hamstring. It's not an ankle. But how do you not have a better big than Paul Reed or DeAndre Jordan? How do you not have, DeMarcus Cousins was up for grab earlier this season. I know he's not, the best, but he'd be a better option than anything they have now. How do you not have that coming off the bench when you have a player that barely played his first two seasons in the league? I just I don't understand that. And that's where, uh, in the off season I guess you would have to address yeah. always having a capable backup big for them. Well,
0: I mean, they put all their eggs in the hardened basket and this fool's washed. It's as simple as that. He's he's washed. I don't think he's ever gonna I mean, um yeah recover or... Um, to be
1: fair, what did they give up? They gave up Seth Curry and someone that's getting back surgery and didn't play at all, so...
0: Well, and Andre Drummond, which is the big that they're missing. I you forgot know?
1: about Drummond. Drummond. Drummond would make a sizable change in this series, significantly more than Harden. I mean, I don't... And I'm not going to go that Seth far. Curry was one of my favorites. If they don't do that trade, I think there's a decent chance that they at least steal... They at least look competent. They, they've got destroyed the first two games. Yeah,
0: like, Maury loves Harden, whatever, and... This is turning into a bit of a hot take podcast, but this is, this is fun. Supposedly, the Atlanta Hawks were willing to send Bogdan Bogdanovich and and John Collins to Philly for Ben Simmons. Oh my God! How did they not take that? Like I I, I feel like Maury Maury should be locked up for what he's done to this roster. I, I, James Harden is minus twenty, has a minus twenty one net rating in the series. He's got a minus nine. .9 non-garbage time net rating when he's on the floor and beads off the floor. That's in the postseason. Minus 11.6 in the regular season. Miami has like a top 10 pick-and-roll defense. All Harden can do is run pick-and-roll. Maxi and Tobias Harris are going nuts. These guys are balling, and and Miami is just pecker-smacking Philly. Like They're crushing them. we used
1: pepper-smacking before. that fight. Pecker-smacking just pepper smacking no
0: no pecker smacking I said it like three times and 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 Hopefully the wrong people aren't listening because they're going to be pretty mad that I said that three times. But anyways, that's how bad this, that's the lopsided of the series is. Yikes. Miami's outscored, don't listen, we're just going to talk through it. We're just going to talk <laughs> through it. Miami, Miami's outscored Philly in seven of the eight quarters in these two games. They're leading in three of the four factors. You know that old adage, role players perform better at home? Well, holy shit, are they going to need to play really well at home because Miami's bench is outscoring Phillies 94-40 to 40 in this series, dude. 94-40 to 40 in this series. In the regular season, the Miami Heat had, I think, a top five bench scoring unit, whereas Philly had, I think, a bottom three bench scoring unit. Dude, to, I'm going to screw up his name, Matisse Thybul. Is got a minus forty seven net rating. George Niang, who I absolutely hate, George Niang. It felt like every game I bet against the Philadelphia 76ers in the in the in the regular season, George Niang would go off and just splash threes against me. Yeah, are they me. not playing him or? Oh no, he's got a minus fifty four net rating. They're playing him and he's I've just I've actually terrible. always
1: liked him. Like when he was back in Utah, right? I think I always liked
0: him. He's I kinda like him too. His nickname's the Minivan, which is awesome. Yeah, and
1: I'm pr- he was from Iowa State, right? Yeah. He went to Iowa State. Yeah. yeah I like Niang. I don't know why. But-
0: I don't hate his game, but every time I bet against the seventy sixers, this guy shows up, and every time I bet on the seventy sixers, he goes missing. So now that I'm making money betting against his team and he's shit in the bed, I'm just like I'm I am i am loving it. And Danny Green, granted he's a starter, this guy has a minus seventy-eight net rating. Like I think the Miami Heat are going to, in fact, sweep them. Um, I obviously wouldn't feel strong about that if I know Embiid's going to play the next couple games, but I don't think he gives them much of a boost because cause Harden's washed, frankly. They need him to be an MVP, and he's not anywhere near there. Uh, the Heat have just elite defense on all three levels. Um, is there three levels? Yeah, there's three route levels, right? Rim, mid, perimeter. There it is, three levels. Heat excel on all of yeah. them. I have one player prop in this game. Do you have one?
1: I don't have a play. I have, I only have one player prop in general. Okay, cool. So I have, but it's a strong one. It's like, you better take it.
0: (laughs) Love it, dude. I'm I'm going to take it. Uh, I'll uh, take
1: it too. You know what? I'm, I'm loading on this guy. So whatever. Yeah, go ahead. I'm i I'm
0: going to go under Jimmy Butler, 22 and a half points. That's my player prop here. Um, He's averaging 18.5 points per game in the two games a series. I think he's going to take more of an, uh, a role as the distributor with no Lowry in the series. And the Heat are an ensemble cast anyway, so it makes it more sense for him to move the ball a little bit. Um, he's went over 22.5 points in just 10 of his 25 career starts versus Philly, over 22.5 and 24 of his 83 career playoff starts. 22 and a half and over 22 and a half and just 25 as 53 starts a season I I do think his number is still inflated from just I I wanted to say it again for just just manhandling the Atlanta Hawks I'll go with that verb manhandling the Atlanta Hawks so my two plays in this game I'm taking Miami Heat money line I'm going under Jimmy Butler 22 and a half points Do you have any closing thoughts on that first game or do you want to move on
1: no, I think that, that one's a boring one anyway.
0: <laughs> All right, cool. So the uh, second game three on the Friday slate is a 9-30 Eastern, Eastern Standard tip-off between the one-seed Philadelphia, excuse me, Phoenix Suns playing the four-seed Dallas Mavericks. Suns are up two games uh, zero. Um, they're favored minus 112 in the money line, minus 108 for the Dallas Mavericks. You're getting a point and a half if you want to bet the Suns. Um against the spread, but it's heavily juiced. Dallas is minus one and a half at minus one oh two. Total sitting at two nineteen and a half. I think I'm done with totals. I mean I have to be really locked in to bet a total. Um I bet the under in their game last night and I wasn't even near it. <laughs> I felt kind of stupid about that. So I don't know. I don't think I'm as locked into totals, but are you I don't know, what are you uh looking at betting in this game, if anything at all?
1: I'm locked into totals, baby. Uh, nice. Dude. I'm going uh, under 219 and a half. So this, the half. Uh, so Dallas has one of the better defenses in the league, whether they ranked seventh in defensive range throughout the season, and they were the slowest defense or the slowest team. Now, obviously, like you said, you bet the under last night. When a team shoots 65%, it really doesn't matter. I'm going to bank that the Suns aren't going to shoot 65% again. I mean, the Suns scored 71 points in the second half. Now, although Dallas ranks last in pace normally, it gets even slower. It goes from 95.6 in the regular season to 95.1 at home. And on top of that, they're 31 and 13 at home. Now, in that sense, I just think that it's going to be a slower game. It's going to be – 112, 107, something like that. I still think the Suns come out on top. I think the Suns are superior team. They're they're elite on both sides of the ball. They're one of six teams in the NBA or one of two teams in the uh playoffs that rank um top five or top six in both defensive and offensive rating. So I'm pretty excited for the game and I'm pretty excited for the Suns. I'm gonna play the under just because I don't think the success that Phoenix has is gonna necessarily um be a factor on the road. And you also have to consider the Suns were the best in terms of win-loss percentage, the best team at home in the NBA this season. And they're just, they're a a similar beast on the road. It's just not going to be quite the same. And I don't think they're going to shoot 65% from the field. My Really my only handicap is regression is going to happen with the Suns. And I'm here to take 220 after this line's been spiked after they scored 129 points. Fair enough. My
0: thing about the betting the under directionally, I agree with you, or theoretically, maybe I agree with you. But like, Dallas's defense really has no answer for this offense. Like, sure, like they're hitting shots and almost at an unsustainable rate. But I mean, they're getting really good looks. Dallas's backcourt is getting absolutely cooked by the Suns. We don't even have to discuss discuss the front courts really. I mean. DeAndre and just crushes that entire Dallas frontcourt. CP3's got a 72% true shooting, plus 24 net rating in the series. Booker, 60% true shooting, plus 11 net rating. And the thing that people keep talking about that I've noticed, too, in the first two games, the Suns are actively hunting Luka Doncic. Like, not even people like Reggie Miller is actually talking about it during the broadcast, like especially in the second half when he starts to get a little tired, you can start, you can, I think question his conditioning in this sense, you know, he's got a uh, white Eastern European James Harden thing going on with him, but I mean, they keep attacking him and, and, and uh, Phoenix's backcourt is smoking uh, Dallas's. I mean, Jalen Brunson can't break down Phoenix's perimeter defense and, get that same dribble penetration he was for the Jazz Series. I do think Phoenix smells blood in the water. I think Chris Paul like wants to put Luka Doncic in his place. I think Devin Booker could beat Jalen Brunson and Dinwiddie in a handicap match. Um, and the the one big thing that everyone talked about with the Phoenix Suns and why they liked them so much in the regular season was their clutch time performance. They're 33-9 and nine in clutch time. With a plus 33 net rating. Clutch time is when the game is within a five point margin inside of five minutes to play. So again, Phoenix in the clutch, 33 and nine straight up, plus 33 net rating. Dallas, 22 and 16 straight up. Pretty good record, right? But a minus 6.7 net rating, 25th in the NBA during the regular season. So if this game gets down to the final two possessions, we've seen Chris Paul do it for 15 years now I don't even know how many years he's played but a lot many many years a couple decades now I mean I think the Suns just blow past the uh, Dallas Mavericks if it's a tight game late and I'm not necessarily convinced it will be a tight game I also have a player prop in this one do you have anything else on this game side total player prop whatever
1: I don't know much else. I like the under. I Again, I agree with your point. It's kind of the same vibe that I get with the Heat is they're just a better team. And that's honestly sometimes when, especially on these road games, when it's a point, point and a half difference, you're going to take the team you like better.
0: Yeah, like I, like I could see James Harden having a throwback game and getting getting some bogus officiating at home to prevent a sweep and win game three. I could see Luka Doncic getting some good officiating, their sh- uh, perimeter shooters hitting some threes, and the sun's falling flat on, a- on their face in game three. But ultimately, like if you're giving me these teams pretty much straight up, which I can get them, I'll take it. And if I lose this one, I'll bet the next one. Because <laughs> I, th- I, yeah. I think this is just an – I,
1: I mean, a- that- I think that's just like general mental betting advice anyway. Like do your research. And if you're typically doing your research, like I'm not going to get frustrated when it doesn't hit, if it's a basis that I believed in, I guess that's always kind of how my, my betting style Mm -hmm. has been. And if I've won or lost, it doesn't get me quite as triggered.
0: I, that being said, I am willing to go the other way on series. If I see stuff like we'll talk about it in the second game here on the Saturday slate, but I've, I've kind of switched my mind on how I see the Grizzlies-Warriors series or where I see the value in that uh, series. But the one player prop that I have in the Mavericks-Suns game three is I'm going back to the well. I took this yesterday in the Bet slipping Podcast. Jay Crowder? No, no, no. I don't hate that one either. I'm going under Jalen Brunson points. It was 18.5 yesterday. It's down to 17.5 here. I still just think he's overpriced based on the Utah Jazz series. Luka's return affects his usage rate. It affects Dallas' floor spacing. he's not really a floor spacer. He's more of a guy who likes to create off the dribble for himself and for others. And I don't know who on this Phoenix team he can exploit on defense. He's shooting 32% from the field. 25% from three in the series, and he's only attempted four free throws. He's not going to get to the line very much because Luka's going to eat up the usage. Luka's going to be doing that sort of stuff. And he attempts mostly mid-range jumpers. Well, Phoenix has the seventh best defensive field goal percentage versus mid-range jumpers. They have Jay Crowder, Mikhail Bridges, who's a Defensive Player of the Year finalist, and DeAndre Ayton, all to kind of clog that paint and make it, really hard for Jalen Brunson uh, to to do what he likes to do so I'm gonna go back to the well not Jay Crowder even though I do love Jay Crowder um, but I'm going under 17 and a half with with Jalen Brunson points I like to
1: note you gave out that one on the bet slip and I saw it on your Twitter and I took it nice to Jay Crowder did,
0: did you take the Tyler hero because that was one of the worst beats that I've taken in a long time.
1: No, I I didn't see that one.
0: So I took, yesterday I took uh, over Tyler Hero 18 and a half points. This guy shot 60% from the field, had 15 points at the end of halftime, had 18 points at the end of the third quarter, and went under 18 and a half points. I was so pissed. I, I don't even know, like, I'm lucky to have a computer today. I almost threw my computer just out of my, off my balcony. I was so pissed, so mad. Um That's actually been kind of the story of my NBA playoffs. I've lost like four games on like half points um, here or there, or half stats and props too. So that's why I keep chugging along here. But let's go over to the Saturday games. First one is a 3.30 Eastern Standard tip-off between the Boston Celtics headed to Milwaukee for game three to play the Bucks. Um the, both both games were double digit blowouts. Milwaukee won Game One, Boston won Game Two. I think by twenty plus, they hit they hit seventeen more three pointers in Game Two, so they should have beaten the crap out of the Milwaukee Bucks. I like the Milwaukee Bucks here. I am hoping more money comes in in Boston. And I can just get a treat cheaper money line, but since we're doing this now, I am going to end up laying the two and a half minus one twenty with the Bucks, which is um, uh, a typical price point. They're our sponsor. I'll shout them out here in a second, but what are you uh, getting down on in this game, if anything at all?
1: So this is probably the series I like to bet the least. I actually haven't Ooh. bet it yet. I've been a spectator in every game, and I think it's for goodwill. You have the MVP on one side of the ball. You have two emerging stars. I This is where my player prop comes in because I didn't really want to give out a side, and I just found value in a prop. Okay.
0: Well, I have a prop, too. What's your prop? I want to hear. My I'll, prop I'll is give Grant you mine Williams. after
1: Grant Williams, over 1.53s, minus 115. So, he's hit two what's, or more. Th-
0: what's the under, if you don't mind me asking? Do you have it in front of you?
1: Uh no, You don't, you don't have to I, look
0: it up. I just want to know if the over was cheaper than the under. But go ahead, keep um, going.
1: I mean, they would have been generally the same, you would have thought. Yeah, they usually
0: put their props at typically, at minus 115.
1: Was, yeah, if it's minus 115, I feel like they usually take more juice on these. So, it might have been like one. 35 for the under
0: hmm. okay anyways what's your grant Williams <clears> one <throat> either
1: way what i did was i basically took the over of the guy i liked the least that was the least priced because like al hortford was like minus 140 Jalen brown was two and a half threes and it was still minus so basically the the thought process is grant williams is finally getting minutes so i actually bet his points rebounds and assists in the first game versus the nets and it was an absolutely horrific beat he had, like, nine in the first quarter, and it was only, like, 12 and a half. And then he didn't even score or do anything the rest of the game. It was awful. I actually, you know what? Said, I think that beat's worse than mine. That sounds terrible. I'm going to go research it and, like, get you factual, like, evidence of what that beat was. Because I forget exactly, but I was watching the game, like, cringing.
0: I'm going to need to drink whiskey and smoke cigarettes when I read that box score.
1: <clears throat> yeah, it, it was horrible. So... The point is is that Grant Williams is finally getting minutes. In that game, he played 21 minutes. Since then, he's played 29 in each of his last five. This, get this, this man is 16 for 25 from deep in his last five games. What's that? 64%. He's shooting a 60% clip from deep. Yeah, 64%. 64% rate. clip. It's insane.
0: I like the way he's been playing, dude. I don't hate this handicap.
1: And I like Grant Williams. I think he's a solid shooter. And there's so much to concern yourself with, with the, the Celtics roster aside from Grant Williams. He's not, he's not a key player. He's going to be a benefactor. And Marcus Smart's turned into more of a distributor. So Williams has hit two or more in four of his last five. He is finally getting the minutes. He's, he gets more time. He's been shooting more threes. I mean, he was six for nine in his last game. He shot nine threes. I'm not saying that's necessarily going to um, be repeated, but he's probably going to get four, five, six attempts, and he's probably going to knock down a couple. Um, I saw the value, I saw how he'd been playing, how the matchup had been gone, and for minus one fifteen, I'll take it. Also to note, the Bucks were dead last in opponents' field goal percent, uh, opponents' field goal attempts, uh, opponents from three, opponents, <laughs> opponents. 3 point field goal attempts, opponent's 3 point makes and they were in the bottom half of the league and opponent's 3 point field goal percentage during the regular season. So the Bucks don't defend well from deep. Yeah, to back
0: you up, they kind of have this strategy where they funnel three they try to funnel 3 point shots to certain guys who can't be making them or who are less likely to make them. So Grant Williams would probably be one of those guys even though he's shooting really well from the field. Like if Marcus Smart's out there, if Al Horford's out there, if if obviously Tatum and Brown out there, someone's gonna probably be left open, and that could be I mean, Williams.
1: The Bucks allowed forty point six attempts from deep during the regular season. That is insane. The second heist was the Thunder who sucked, the Hornets who sucked, and they were both at thirty eight point seven. Almost two more attempts from the Bucks, allowing their opponents. Grant Williams is gonna get five or six attempts from deep, and he should hit two, especially with how he's been playing. So Minus 115, thought was great value for that.
0: Yeah, I don't hate it. Dude, my one-player prop, I'm going under 29.5 points for Jason Tatum. It's at minus 113 on Tipico. Um, he's went over. He scored 30 or more points in one of his career 14 games in Milwaukee. Just one out of 14. Um, he's went over or scored 30 or more points in 10 of his 56 career playoff starts. Um, and he's went under 29.5 Points in both game one and two, despite shooting forty-seven percent from three. So, if he has a bad shooting day from from three-point line, like what is he what is he going to put up then? If he couldn't get to thirty with a good three-point shooting night, and he's went under thirty points in two of his six playoff games this postseason. So, Jason Tatum's awesome. Jason Tatum's a baller. He was actually my preseason pick to win the MVP. Um, he's probably going to be a uh a hipster pick next year for a bunch of people I'm not knocking his game at all but I mean he will probably be guarded by Giannis a lot of times and um if he's not hitting threes we know the Bucks like to clog the paint and they definitely have the guys that could frustrate mid-range isolation shooters like like Jason Tatum so that's my one player prop are you into any of the either one of the sides of the total here
1: I I do not like this series. I think I would take the under strictly because it seems like both games, one team has been a major disappointment and maybe that trend continues. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of it. I mean, the blowouts that have gone both ways, you don't typically see that in every other game. It's been one team dominant or close games. We haven't had in these four series, we haven't had a strict blowout on both sides. I just considering the nature of that. I'm not, I'm not playing a side. Okay. Um, dude I, I love to hear that discipline I have completely
0: lost all discipline I'm just firing in this postseason
1: Part of it bucks I love them at home
0: part of its confidence you know I, I really I really believe that I know what I'm doing here uh, and I'm just gonna keep firing all oh, the other part is just like I just love betting the NBA It's like one of my favorite things to do um but I'll take the bucks to take a two-1 series lead win the series as it heads back to, to Milwaukee. I think they, I don't think they definitely did their job by stealing one in Boston. I think they get a better shooting performance out of, like, you know, Brooke Lopez, Wesley Matthews, Bobby Portis, Pat Connaughton. Actually, Pat Connaughton and Grayson Allen have shot pretty well. It's those other three, those first three that need to step it up. And I think one or two or maybe even three of them have a better game here now that it's back in Milwaukee. Um, I get the sense that Boston's getting a ton of love from the public. According to pregame.com, they're getting more bets. I just get a general feeling that everyone likes Boston. So I'm kind of not just going off of the numbers, mostly like a vibe check here.
1: Maybe I'm wrong I think wrong it's the Chris here. Middleton. I think if Middleton were playing, the vibes would be way different.
0: Yeah, and he wasn't playing that well for Milwaukee before he was sidelined officially with an injury. Maybe he was dealing with an injury, but... I almost feel like it was an addition by subtraction. And, you know, I'm willing to excuse game two because, like, whatever. If you're going to get hot from three, you're going to win. And that's what Boston did. Um, but Milwaukee's defense, I think, is set up to stop Boston and what they want to do. And this is going to be the most surprising stat you've heard this entire podcast because when I was prepping for this podcast, I was stunned when I saw this. Milwaukee crushes Boston in clutch time, crushes them. Now, Milwaukee, 24-17 and 17 straight up with a plus 16 points per 100 possessions, which is second in the NBA behind the Phoenix Suns, right? Everyone kind of knew that or had a the feeling that, well, Milwaukee can probably pull out some close games, right? This is what's shocking. Boston in the clutch despite their record, despite all the love they've gotten from the market, they're thirteen and twenty-two straight up, and they have a minus nine point five net rating, which is twenty-six in the NBA. That w- that blew my mind when I saw it because I just that's not what you think of a playoff team, right? Like, I guess the only way I can digest that and still like understand or um, I don't know, like, yeah, I understand like Boston's dominance is because they just don't have a lot of close games they just beat the shit out of all their opponents when they're rolling through the nba but that clutch number is nuts if this gets to a tight game down the stretch uh i I like milwaukee to gas uh gas boston at least here at home um in milwaukee so i'll lay the two and a half points of the bucks it's at minus 120 at
1: home only getting two and a half points i don't hate it
0: yeah, that's the argument for betting against them too. I mean, uh, it's going to be it's going to be tough, but, you know, I'm firing at all these games in the playoffs, screw it. Before we f- handicap the final game here of uh, of our Bets Up and Podcast, the game 3s in the conference semifinals, let me first shout out the odds provider of this podcast, Typico Sportsbook. All of our listeners in New Jersey and Colorado, please check out Typico Sportsbook. They have an awesome easy mobile sportsbook app. Um, new users from this podcast can get a welcome bonus at com slash podcast. That's com slash podcast. Um, terms and conditions do apply, though. you got to be 21 or older to game. Please see Tipico's website for the details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER for New Jersey and 1-800-522-4700 if you live in Colorado. Please remember to gamble responsibly. Okay, on to the final game here, the Game 3 Conference Semifinals Playoff Slate. It's kind of a mouthful, but whatever. Memphis Grizzlies head to Golden State or to the Bay Area to play the Golden State Warriors. Series tied 1-1. Tip-off on Saturday night is 8.30 Eastern Standard Time. The Warriors are minus 6.5 point favorites. Heavy juice on the Warriors, though. Mining line is plus 250. Memphis minus 320 Golden State total sitting at 225 and a half minus 110 each way um, I actually this is the only game I don't have a prop in I do like a side though, but what are you thinking about or how are you feeling about this game?
1: uh yeah so everything I've watched both these games I assume most people don't know, but I actually am an editor for a fan-sided blog that runs the Warriors. so I've been pretty deep into that this is probably the series I I know most about. And that being said, I'm taking Grizzlies plus six and a half. This series, I, I understand the, the Warriors had the second best uh, win-loss percentage at home. I just can't get behind this series not having a close game. For starters, a lot of that has to deal with the way that Ja Morant really just destroyed the Warriors' death lineup. And the way that Dylan Brooks has been in- extraordinarily inconsistent this series. And against um, against the Wolves as well. He, was, he had a couple games where he hurt the Wolves. And his inconsistent, his shot, his shot selection wasn't great. So I don't think they're going to miss him much. So in game two, the PTSD fast five lineup, whatever, uh, Poole, Curry, Thompson, Wiggins, Green, they played 11 minutes in game two. They abused the mess out of the Nuggets all series. Well, in game two, it had an 83 offensive rating, 135 defensive ratings for about a 51 net rating. That unit can't rebound. They were 46.2 defensive rebounding rate. I understand it's one game. This unit doesn't have a lot of experience together, and they're just not – they may not be able to keep up with Morant. They're going to have some homework to do. And then on the other side, you have Desmond Bain. I love Desmond Bain, and he hasn't really been able to get going yet, like I think he will, because the way you're going to stop Morant is you're going to clog the lane. He drove on them every time, and he just made a layup. You're going to clog the lane. You're going to ask Desmond Bain to do more. But if you really want Desmond Bain to do more, then great. The Warriors should want that. But he's shooting 44% from three this season. And I'm pretty sure, yeah, he's at 45% from three in the playoffs, hitting 3.6 attempts out of eight. He's going to start playing better. He's averaging 19.4 points per game. And he's been pretty bad through the first two. The first two games have been extremely close. I think this game's going to be at least within seven. And my handicap isn't necessarily that the Grizzlies are going to win. I'm not saying take their money line. The Warriors at home have still been a different beast. I'm saying take the plus six and a half because that's too many points to me.
0: Yeah, dude, I agree with you. And this is the series that I flipped on. Going into it, I was just like, the Warriors are going to smack Memphis. Memphis can be spazzes with their perimeter defense. They're going to get caught out of position. And uh, the Warriors are going to light them up. But as I watch it, Man, like your point, like Golden State needs Jordan Poole, Steph Curry, and Klay Thompson on the floor, and no one, none of them can stay in front of John Morant. None of them, they're getting crushed, and it's not, it's not I mean, going to change.
1: It's not. To be fair, they're it, uh, what's going to change is they're not going to shoot seven for thirty-eight from three. They're, they're, I would put if the Warriors money line was anything under one hundred and fifty, I would put. I would love to double, find the middle in a four or five point victory. Mm -hmm. Because I think the Warriors still come out on top. They're not shooting seven for 38, but you're right. They're not staying in front of Morant, and they showed that.
0: Yeah, that's the thing is if their ball security, um, Memphis has a huge strength on weakness edge in ball security, and it appears as though John Morant is the most dominant player in the series. I mean, obviously Steph Curry could, could heat up and completely take this one over. Same with Klay Thompson to a lesser extent, and hey, maybe even Jordan Poole goes nuts. So I'm with you. I do think Golden State ultimately wins this series, but the ball security is a thing. Like, Golden State, they do a whole bunch of um, off-ball movement, a bunch of back cuts, a bunch of screens, and it looks awesome, most of the time, but they get a little clumsy. They were 29th in offensive turnover rate during the regular season, and they allowed the 20. Uh, they were 21st in points off of turnovers allowed per game. This is a, a, a major strength for Memphis. Their fourth in offensive turnover rate. Fourth in defensive turnover rate and fourth in points off of turnovers per game. So Memphis does a really good job of pressuring ball handlers. Draymond Green tends to turn the ball over a lot. So I think Memphis is going to get some easy buckets to keep them within range. I think John Morant could just wreak havoc on this Golden State defense, which played really well during the regular season, but. I don't like their matchup in this one. And I'm not a huge trends player, but there are a couple trends that I like here. Uh, Memphis has covered four straight against Golden State. Most of my Golden State homies are afraid of Memphis. They have a lot of respect for that team. They're also 6-1 and one against the number in their last seven versus Golden State. And Memphis gets up against big opponents, at least they did in the regular season, have here in the postseason. They're 13-3 and three against the number in their last 16 games versus teams with a 60% winning percentage or better. So I agree with you in the sense that I think the Warriors, um, like if the money line was near a pick 'em, I would 100% bet the Warriors and uh, that logic of Klay Thompson's not going to shoot 2 of 12 again is something I absolutely groove to. Like, I'm with you there. It's just like, I mean, John Moran can get anywhere on the court.
1: Can get, I don't know. <laughs> and the craziest thing is, I don't know this for a fact. I haven't even checked pregame, but I would tend to lean to the the, the market loving the 6.5 for the Warriors.
0: Yeah, uh, according to pregame, 65% of the cash is on, um, is on the Warriors. And according to Tipico, 67% of the cash is on the uh, Warriors six and a half and 94% of the bets. So that just
1: makes me want to go plus six and a half for like 10 minutes.
0: Because a lot of people I think are assessing it or are kind of sticking to the one point that we made and making that the base of their found fa- uh, the the, the foundation of their handicap, which is like the Warriors aren't going to shoot that bad from the field again, which absolutely they're, they're, that could happen. But like, if 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 Memphis is going to get easy points off of turnovers and their ball dominant point guard can get in the lane at will, well, I feel like Memphis is just going to score a bunch of points too. So I don't, I I like the plus six and a half a lot here uh i'm a little bummed out we couldn't really find anywhere to disagree here and this entire podcast we don't do any pre-production meeting though so this is just seriously what we think uh hopefully I mean, the only
1: one that really had any was me not even wanting to play the buck series i mean what are you gonna do try to handicap that the mavs are that much better when they just let a team shoot 70 percent i mean that's what And you know what? To your point, if I had
0: to tier or rank my picks, the Bucks, the Bucks pick is at the bottom. I feel that one is the biggest toss-up because hell, like I had Boston either in the finals or losing to the Brooklyn Nets in the first round. (laughs) That's actually what I uh, I selected. So I've been a little off on Boston, and I'm not as uh, locked into this series as the other three. But still, be that as it may, I like the Warriors or I like the Grizzlies plus six and a half on Saturday, and I do like the Bucks minus two and a half on Saturday as well. Um, do you have any other thoughts on the goal, uh, the Golden State Grizzlies series or any of the other three series, or do you want to give our best bets out?
1: No, let's window it. The Bet Slipping Podcast. Going to the window. All right,
0: cool. This is where we uh, wrap this puppy up and go to the window with our best bets. So, we're just pretty much regurgitating everything we talked about, obviously. I'm sure a lot of listeners remember what we said. If not, though, I'm taking the Miami Heat money line. Uh, the Suns plus the points. If I can get any, I'll take the money line if it's around even money. I'll take the Bucks 2.5 and, and the Grizzlies plus
1: 6.5 for my four sides. What are your sides, Nate? I got a Heat minus 1.5, Grizzlies plus 6.5, and, and then I got Dallas under 219.5
0: nice and I got three props three unders I'm going under Jimmy Butler 22 and a half points under Jalen Brunson 17 and a half points and under Jason Tatum 29 and a half points what player props do you have
1: Grant Williams over one and a half triples minus 115.
0: I'm throwing that in my bed slip as well dude I love your I'm throwing something
1: on it Hell yeah dude I'm not gonna say I don't love props so don't don't throw the don't throw the bag but do that on the Grizzlies game.
0: I you I usually get smoked in props. Like NFL props, I ran terribly, but I'm doing pretty good in these playoffs. Hopefully I can keep the good momentum going and, and win some money here on these props. Lord knows I need it after that first round beatdown <laughs> I took. All right. Uh well that's it for the bed slipping podcast. Do you have any final thoughts for these guys?
1: No. I appreciate it. Love the love the NBA playoffs. Just uh have fun, knock it out, win some money.
0: Yeah, I'm going to be taking this weekend off. This obviously covers Friday and Saturday, but I'll be back talking to you guys uh, next Monday, and uh, maybe me and Nate can reconnect on a, a conference finals playoff preview. But until next time, peace. See you. I
1: was just out and about. Thought I'd see if anybody wanted to play some round ball. You're listening to the Bet slipping Podcast Daily NBA Show featuring Jeff Clark from USA Today Sportsbook Wire.